You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Amen. When you don't know what to do, amen, you speak Jesus. Come on, somebody. Have you ever been there in a moment where you don't know what to do? Amen. When everything else fails, you call on the name of Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 10. I want to speak to you for just a couple minutes today. Thank you, choir. Amen. And here in Romans chapter 8, verse number 10, if you have it, say amen. They'll put it on the screen for those that don't. Read it together with me. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Somebody say life, life, life. I want to talk to you for just a couple moments this morning. Speak life. Turn to somebody and tell them, speak life. Speak life in Jesus' name. I feel like it is time that we stop letting every other negative influence around us, amen, every other influence in our world, every other negative influence from the gates of hell, have any say or have any sway on what we are to do. Amen. We are the children of God. You are the child of God. You are made in His image. God had a purpose when He created you. Today, by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to redeem some purposes in the house today. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Come on, can we call on His name? Lord, I bless Your name today, God. We need You today, Lord. I thank You for Your Spirit. I thank You, Lord, for Your touch today. God, I pray by the help of your word that you would open our minds and our hearts, God. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And somebody said, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Turn around and greet somebody today. Welcome them to the house of God. If you don't know them, amen, amen. Give them a great big CTK welcome. It's good to see everybody here in the house this morning. You can be seated today. Amen. We're glad to have all of our guests and visitors with us today. It's good to have Tamiko here today. Give her a great big CTK welcome. And Sherry, Sherry, it's good to have you here today as well. Amen. For those that weren't here Wednesday night, Michael, glad to have you home. There you are back there. Glad to have you home from the Space Force for a couple. Amen. Couple of weeks together. Wow. Didn't they do an awesome job today singing and leading us in worship. When I shout, no, I'm shouting from a heart that's been washed clean. Hallelujah. Amen. I I think church ought to be a little crazy. I think church ought to be a little crazy. I, I I think it's all right. Amen. Now we come and we do things, as Bible says, decently in order. And we're respectful and we ought to be respectful to the house of God and the things of God. But have you ever been, now, now, now this is just a hypothetically speaking, but have you ever been to 
uh, Cardinals game where they're, they're down and it's the bottom of the ninth and, and Yachty takes the bat and, and all of a sudden you hear the crack of the bat and that goes soaring and, and there was just the right amount of number of, of men on the bases that you don't even have to finish the rest of the game. And, and, and there's a craziness that ensues in that moment. And if you're driving down 64, you hope you can see the fireworks before you hear the fireworks, or it will terrify you as you pass by and they set those off. And, and, and people go nuts in that moment. We were singing about the moment Jesus gets a hold of you. Now, 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 now that might relate, but have you ever been, I, I haven't, but have you ever been in the courtroom where the jury comes out and anticipation you're waiting and all of a sudden they announce not guilty? Imagine being that defendant sitting there and wow, in that moment, there would be cause for a little bit of, of, of emotional release. Maybe this one you, you've seen when the doctor comes in the waiting room and you don't know which way it's going and they come and say, we, we, we can't find anything. We ran the test. Come on, and we don't know what happened, but, but, but it doesn't make sense in that moment. There's something, but I, I'm here to tell you that we have found something greater than a baseball game, than a courtroom verdict, than, than a doctor's pronouncement, that there has been something. Hallelujah. My past erased. Hallelujah, somebody ought to testify today that the Lord has been good. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so when I shout, no, I'm shouting from a heart that's been washed clean. <laughs> hallelujah. Church may look different and, and the songs may change over the years. Amen. There'll be new songs and new people singing, but I pray that we never lose the spirit, the same spirit of deliverance. Amen. And victory. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house today. Uh, I want to just preach a simple, simple thought. For those that were here Wednesday night, we have been continuing in our series, our origin series on Wednesday nights. And it's a long series. We've even taken breaks at times through it. And we'll continue to do so as we walk through Genesis chapters 1 through 11. Foundational passage. It's the first mention of most all topics that Scripture deals with is laid out and referenced in Genesis chapters 1 through 11. Sometimes we don't realize its significance there. And Wednesday night we were in chapter 3. We're, we're walking through it and we're not quite finished, but we came to the section of chapter 3 where the curse of sin, 
the, the pronouncement about the curse is spoken, and, and, and God speaks to the serpent, to the woman, and to the man, and he gives them the pronouncement of judgment and also the ensuing realities of the curse of sin. There are some things that he speaks that are now forever going to be changed in the world. And, and, and even today, we are living with some of the ensuing realities that came as a result of what happened in, in the fall of man at the garden. And so we were walking through that, and, and uh, I don't want to rehash that. You can go back, part 11, you can look that up, and you can go watch that. And we went into detail, but when God speaks after the temptation has taken place and sin, Eve eats the fruit, gives it to her husband, and then God shows up and, and, and asks, where were you? And they said, we were hiding. And, and, and okay, now everything's out in the open and God begins to speak. And the first person He speaks to is to that serpent we know, uh, uh, confirmed later in Scripture specifically that the serpent... Uh, uh, was cursed, the physical being, but, but, but that was not just an animal. It was just not a story between a snake and a woman. It was actually the devil. It was Satan himself. And, and God speaks to Satan and he, he says that there is going to be a struggle between you and the woman for the rest of time. There will be a conflict. And, and, and we, we know that conflict. Anybody ever feel like hell is fighting you? It's because God said there will be enmity between you and between the woman. And he goes on and says between her seed and between your seed, between uh, 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 the offspring. And he says it will bruise your head, but you will bruise his heel. And in that moment of punishment or curse that he lays upon Saint and upon the serpent, he, he gives a pronouncement of hope. And, and this is the first mention of the gospel. Before they left the garden, before God even deals with man and woman, He declares that of the woman there would be a seed. There would be an offspring that would come. And it will bruise your Head. He was telling Satan that someday Messiah is going to come. Brother Zarina, you were talking about it this morning in Sunday school. Messiah will come. And when Messiah comes, he will bruise your head. He will crush your kingdom, your mind, what you sin, and what you set to do against God's creation. But he says you will bruise His heel. And we know that this was testimony to the suffering that Christ would deal, uh, feel uh, uh, in the cross and in the death and the burial. The, the pain and the suffering that He would go through. But the, the analogy is that you're going to bruise His furthest extremity from His head. You may bruise His heel, but you're not going to be able to touch His head. You're not going to be able to touch His purpose. You're not going to be able to change His mind. You're not going to be able to affect the kingdom of God. So right in the garden, there was a message of hope. Yes, some things are going to change, but God in that moment when the first curse was given, 
God pronounces that there will be victory coming. I'm going to tell you, it does not matter how bad and how dark it looks. There is always hope. What is God letting us know? He's letting us know that there is always hope. I'm here to preach to somebody that's had sleepless nights, that's had doubt and fear. I'm here to tell you there is hope. It's not over. You may be feeling the weight of curse. and You may be feeling the weight of the world upon you. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is that there is hope in the midst of this curse. He goes on to the woman. And to the man, he speaks. Think about this with me for a moment. He speaks to the woman, and he said, because of your sin, there's going to be some punishment that's going to come. I went through this all Wednesday night. You can go back and you can look at this. Uh, We go into a depth and we explain it a little bit more, but if I could just wrap it up real quick. To the woman, there is going to be increased sorrow, literally pain, in childbearing, in raising your child. And then in sorrow, he says, you will bring forth your children. Perhaps he was testifying that because of your sin, this sin is going to affect the world. Your your sons themselves, they will be partakers. and, and, And Cain will kill Abel. He will murder his brother. And then Cain will be marked and he will be cursed. There's going to be sorrow in rearing your children. There's going to be tragedy that's coming. He said to the woman, your desire is going to be to your husband, meaning literally that there's going to be conflict in the home, in the marriage. There's no longer going to be a harmony and a unity that is natural, but your natural inclination is going to be that of desire and of dominance, and He shall rule over you. These were not things that God had set up originally when He created male and female, when He established them. But now, the woman is going to be contrary to her husband. Her desire, her longing is going to be contrary to Him, and He is going to have this male instinct, this natural instinct to dominate and to rule, to be the one that with force rules and sets things. And so now there is going to be a change in the marriage and there's going to be a conflict. Not only are you going to have pain in childbearing, but to the man, he said, the ground from which you came is now cursed and you are going to suffer, and it's going to be painful. You're going to fight the ground. You're going to plant, but there's going to be thorns and thistles that you did not plant that will come up. There will be the unexpected hindrances and things that will try to choke out what you have done and your efforts, and by the sweat of your brow, and by pain will you bring forth the the produce that you need to live and sustain on out of this ground. And oh, Oh, by the way, after all of your sorrowful days, then you will die and to the ground you will return dust to dust. You will go back to dust all because 
of the sin. All because you stepped outside of God's plan. All because you tried to make a life without God. You tried to circumvent God's purpose. You tried to circumvent what God had. And so now there is going to be pain in your life. We looked at this chapter. And the interesting thing, Brother Caraway, is that the first Mention of sorrow and pain comes because God said, I will multiply. God was the one that sent pain first. Yes, there will be pain that will come from the consequence of your choices and your actions, but I will put a measure of pain in your life to remind you that you did not make the right choice, that you did not make the right decision. And can I tell you that when God sends pain into our life, it is not because He is sick, not because He wants us to suffer, but because he wants us to be reminded how serious it is. And he wants to keep us from ever making that mistake and those decisions again. Messes with our reality, if we we will, this perhaps is, is the most heavy passage in Scripture. Second only to perhaps the scriptures that speak of us being cut off eternally someday when there is no more time, when the decision time is past and we have expired and there is no more mercy and there is no more returning to the point when the ark of the, the door of the ark is closed and we can't make that the choice any longer. Second only to that, Here is the heaviest, heaviest part of Scripture. Here comes punishment. Here comes the curse. It weighs down upon us. It weighed upon Adam and Eve. And in the middle of this, they are now burdened with their future being wrecked. They are now burdened with their marriage being a struggle. They are now burdened with certain tragedy on the horizon. They are now burdened with the reality that it does not matter how much today I make good, there is always going to be the pain and the thorn and the thistles of tomorrow that I have to live through that. And then someday I am left just to return to the dust of this ground. It's enough to make you want to hope your life is over. It's enough to make you want to hope that life had never happened again. But we see something so profound in Scripture. Because after the pronouncement of all of this, then we come to Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 20. And it seems like it is a verse that is out of place. It seems like the narrative just takes a 90 degree turn into something else. It seems so abrupt until we understand what's playing out here. It goes after the pronouncement and the curse. And look at this with me. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother 
of all living. What does that have to do with all this pain? Now, for those of you that were here Wednesday night, you already know the end of the story because we already talked about it. It seems like it's a new part of Scripture. But if we go to verse 21, we see unto Adam also and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. That at the darkest point of Scripture, immediately the Bible follows it up with hope. Follow me for a moment here. This is the heaviest part of Scripture. And, and, and this is enough where you would think in the next part of Scripture it should say, and Adam was mad at his wife for the rest of his life. I mean, if that was writing a story, I mean, that seems logical, right? And they fought. Somebody said Adam lived 930 years. That's a long marriage. And they fought a long time. And he blamed her the rest of his life. It's not what he says. And they wish, that, and Adam wished he had never been born. That would have made sense. But instead, in the middle of the despair, at the point of the burden, at the point of the weight of everything, there had to be something that Adam got a hold of. And I would propose to you that it was the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because before God said you're going to have pain, He said, I want you to know that at the end of the story, it ends good. It shall bruise your head and you shall bruise His heel. God likes to tell the story from the end to the beginning. And he said at the end there's going to be victory. And so when Adam should have despaired, when Adam should have been upset, Adam did something so profound. Come on up here, babe. I, I got I to use you as a sermon illustration today. All right. I know. She's saying, uh-oh. All right. So here Adam and Eve, they are in a mess. They have made a mess of their life. And when Adam and Eve should have been upset, I'm pretty sure they weren't holding hands when God found them. <laughs> God said, where were you? He said, her fault. Her fault. I mean, come on. Yeah. Now, no, all you married people in here, you've never been through one of those moments kind of thing where... You know, it might be a tiny car, but man, it is a long <laughs> distance to the other side seat. Amen? Her fault. He says, you're going to have pain and you're going to have suffering every day. You're going to deal with this and you're going to live with this. And in this moment, Adam had a choice to make and Eve has a choice to make. And in this moment, Adam looks over and I could see in this moment, he names Eve. He comes and he says, you are no longer called the woman. I am no longer just called Adam the man. You are no longer just called the woman, he said, but I am going to call you Eve because you are 
the mother of all living. He was declaring that it does not matter what has been pronounced upon us. God's plan was that you and I be a unit. God's plan was that you and I would multiply in this earth. God's purpose for our life is that we don't depart, that we don't break up, that there's not a failure. I know we're going to live with pain, but you are going to be called Eve, which means life giver. And in the moment that he named her, he refused to reject God. In the moment that he named her, he memorialized her significance and he declared his intentions, if you will. Adam literally spoke life. You are the mother of all living. <laughs> I, I, I know God has a purpose and I know you think it's over. And I, I know you're saying, well, if it's painful, I'm not going, I'm not going to do this, Lord. I'm not, you're going to have to find another way. But, but Adam said, no, we're going to go through this. And every day, come on, somebody. I'm speaking life today. Some of you, your weight of Per, per, per punishment and the weight of the curse and the pain is so much that you're wondering, God, how can I bear it? But Adam spoke life. He, he said, I know we can't change the pain. I know we can't get rid of the pain. I know I'm going to have pain every day of my life. But you know what? There's something greater than the pain. And that is God's purpose and God's will. And there is a hope in the gospel message that if we'll just continue, I know I'm going to die and I'm going to go back to the dust of this earth. But, but, but someday there's going to be a Messiah. Someday there's going to be a victor. And I refuse to be the offspring of the devil. I'm going to be the offspring of victory. I'm going to be the offspring of faith. And he said, I choose to speak life. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. So right here, so, so it's not a break in the narrative. It's not a mistake. The narrative's telling us when things are the darkest, Adam gave the right response, right. and he spoke life. Yes, he did. Now, the beautiful thing, and I'm not preaching about this, the very next verse gave us a second thing of hope, and that was that God made for them coats of animal skin. He, 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 he had the first sacrifice, took those skins, and He covered them. God provided what they could not provide. They had made an attempt, but it was inadequate. And so God stepped in and said, I'll be your provider and I'll be your teacher. I'll show you what's going on. So in the middle of all of this, I've come to give you hope. If you will just learn to speak life, God will provide where you fall short. Yes, He will. Yes, He will. Yes, he will. <laughs> come on, I'm not just preaching about Adam and Eve. I'm talking about somebody's dark days. I'm talking about your past. I'm talking about some things that may be, may be weighing on you. You've got to learn to speak life. Speak life. Declare your intentions. I am not the son of hell. I am not the daughter of hell, but I was made in His image. I was created for His purpose. And so God, whatever you want my life belongs to you I am not my own hallelujah 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 somebody clap your hands unto the Lord today 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So he spoke life. Now, what does it mean to speak life? Because this is not just emotionalism and this is not just saying a bunch of words. But when you speak life, there's two things that I would propose to you, and I'll I'll come to a close with this. Two things. The first thing Adam did was he acknowledged God's sovereignty. Church is not just emotionalism. We don't just come in here and do this emotional stuff and then go home unchanged. Right. No, when we come and do this, if you're doing this thing right, you are changed. Yes. Everything about you should be changed. Right. You know whether or not you're living for God by how much you are changed. Mm-hmm. Amen. Changes what I think. Amen. Changes what I listen to. It changes what I do. It changes where I go. It changes how I act. There's a change in my life. God is sovereign. So so what did Adam do? Well, let's look at what he did not do. Adam did not argue or fight with God. God said, I will send pain. God said, the ground is cursed Mm -hmm. and you will suffer. And Adam acknowledged God's sovereignty. Here's the thing that we miss so often because we come to God, when you're coming to God just for the handouts, we're coming to God for the miracle when God doesn't do the miracle that we want when we want it, we walk away. And our faith is shattered. But there are some prayers that God will not answer. And we have to stand and say, God, you are sovereign. Is that all right? Yes, you are, So my purpose in this world, my answer to speak life, is not for me to try to get to change God's mind. There are some lots we've been dealt that you can't change. You can't change the color of your skin. You can't change when and where you were born. You can't change your DNA. You can't change whether or not you're going to lose your hair. (laughs) Amen? Amen? You're stuck with me, babe. You're stuck with me too. (laughs) You're stuck with me. God is sovereign. I'm not going to argue and fight about what God allows and what God permits in my life. Mm. Think about that. Have you ever argued with God about what He allows in our life? Yes. Me too. We fight with God. Adam accepted what God told them. We all want a word from the Lord until He gives it. Right? Come on. Lord, that wasn't the word I was looking for. We we go back and we pray again. We don't see any argue. We don't see any fighting. We don't see any questioning. 
We don't see any saying, God, that's not fair. Really, it wasn't my fault. It was her. You, you made her do it. Adam accepted God's sovereignty. Not only did he accept God's sovereignty, he also accepted God is God and I am not. He owned his mistakes. God is God. I am not. I am, I am fallen man. I am what I am. I, I, I have messed up in my life. And so Adam did not struggle with God. I'm going to tell you, we've got to accept where we are, when we are. There are some things that we just got to say, God, you are God. You're, you're in charge of all of this. I, I don't know. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to complain. And Lord, you're God and I'm going to praise you Amen. anyhow. Amen. When I can't praise God, when I can't praise God, worship the Lord, be dedicated to the Lord until He gives me what I want, yeah. that's not the right footing. I've set myself up. That's why the prosperity gospel, so to seek, is so damning in Christian pulpits when we preach. You could just pray, pray, pray. God's going to give you this. God's going to bless you with this. God's going to bless you with this. You say, well, I prayed and God didn't give that. Well, and, and then people, come on, somebody. Maybe, maybe that's not what's going to happen. Maybe right, right, that's right. that's not. I, I I know you say, well, what you know what you know what we 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 pray things like, well, God, you know, we we want a child. God, we want a job. God, we want a whatever it is. Fill in the blank. Husband, a wife. God, I want a, a new husband, new wife. You can't pray those prayers. These are not good <laughs> prayers to pray. He. This is good preaching, folks. You, you may not get this all the time. He accepted God's sovereignty. The reality is I made a mess of things. We, we are in a mess. We're going to be paying for this mess the rest of our life. But God, I am going to choose right now to speak life. And not only did he accept God's, God's sovereignty, acknowledge God's sovereignty, but the second thing Adam do, did was he declared that he would be a part of God's plan. Yes. He declared, yes. you are the mother of all living. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be a part of God's plan. We're, we're not breaking up. I know it's going to be painful, but, but we are going to continue in the middle of all this. God is going to work out his plan. You are going to be what God designed for us to be. Yes, we're going to work through some things. Yes, there's going to be a struggle. Sometimes, I don't know, I don't know how they did that. I don't know what kind of house they lived in, but I'm sure that Adam made his wife upset. But he came back and said, you know what? We're struggling. Any marriages ever had a struggle? Guess what? Genesis 3 tells us that that's going to be the lot. And you're going to have to work it out. And you're going to have to go back to what God originally intended. And God's intent was not that Adam would rule over his wife. It was that he would love his wife. That he would lead his wife. That he would not rule. And in this moment, he's not ruling over her. He's declaring her significance. He's memorializing it. He's saying, you're the mother of all living. Oh, help me, Lord, today, God, to be what you want me to be. Help me, Lord, to do what you want me to do. So when his future was wrecked, Adam spoke life. When his marriage was on the rocks, Adam spoke life. When tragedies were on the soon coming horizon, Adam spoke life. Thank you, babe. Give her a great big hymn. I'm coming to a close if they'll come to the music. Go with me to Romans chapter number 6. Is this all right today? 
You've got to speak life. You say, well, how do I speak life? Well, you have to acknowledge God's sovereignty. Uh, there's an old quote that says, what is it? God, give me the, the grace to accept what I can change and the courage to accept what I cannot. Something like that. Did I mess that quote up really bad? Close enough, you get the spirit. You've got to speak life. There's some things that, man, I want to fix. Relationships that are destroyed and are not because they've gone on. You can't go back and re redo those past regrets. Can't go back and change. And you live with the agony of all those things. I could just go back. Oh God, I'll never forget. I was a child and I had a rapture scare. I'll never forget. I had a rapture scare. I had a lot of those when I was a kid, but anybody know what I'm talking about? A rapture scare. You think Lord's gone. My mother came home and I was playing the piano in the living room. I was probably in junior high and maybe I wasn't even junior high. Maybe it's fifth or sixth grade. I can't remember. And she came home and pulled up in the, in the driveway and I heard the door shut. She got out of the car and then she never came in. I was, I was doing something and I went to the back door and I looked out. When I looked out, the trunk of the car was open and there were two sackfuls of groceries on the ground about a mom's width apart. For the Burns, I thought, it is over. I have missed it. I went, back into my, I went back into my bedroom and I started praying, God, Hezekiah prayed, you turn back the sun. You've done it before. I believe you can do it again. I prayed, oh my Lord. I was just like, Lord, help me, help me. I don't know. I think, I think one, time, one time I know my sister was sleeping and I had a rapture scare and I went and tried to wake her up. And don't try to wake somebody up in the middle of a dead sleep. Tell them the Lord has come. It just... <laughs> I, I literally was praying, but, but I, I began like, okay, what did I do to miss it? And I started going down the list. Sirens started coming, and I thought, this is it. It's happening quick. And my, our neighbor had, was sick, and my mom ran into his house. And so the ambulance siren came right down my street and pulled right in my driveway because their neighbors didn't have a driveway. Oh, when I, saw, when I heard that, and I, I knew my mom was alive, oh, I was so thankful. <laughs> but we have things that we can't go back and change. Sometimes we just have to say, Lord, I, I can't change this. Amen. And then there's the other reality that God can redeem you and God can forgive you and He can wash your sins away. But there can still be pain in this life. There are ensuing realities we still live with. Still conflict in marriage. There's still pain in childbirth. There's sorrow in child rearing. There's struggle in work. These are ensuing realities that we're still living with that are physical reminders of the curse of sin that are intended to help us not make the same mistake again. 
So God, I'm going to speak life today. I'm going to speak life. Now, in the story, God didn't speak life. He, he spoke life through the gospel message, but at some point, Adam had to make it his own. There wasn't anybody else to come and speak it over him. Adam himself declared it. And he also, he did declare it for his wife. He declared it over his family. Some of you today, you need to speak life over your life. You need to speak life over your past hurts and problems. You need to speak life over your family. Some of you need to speak life over your marriage. You need to speak life over your circumstances. And Wednesday night, we were talking how we spoke life over this city. Look at this in Genesis chapter number 4. In verse 1, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1, and I'll leave you with this. Adam looked to Eve and said, Eve, you life giver, you are the mother of all living. Look at what it says in chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Eve would go on to be the mother of all living. And when she gave birth, even though it was painful, and even though there would be pain, Eve gave credit she said, this child is from the Lord. It's not, it's not what me and my husband were able to do in our ability. This is from the Lord. Before she was trying to circumvent God's plan, and now she acknowledges God's plan. Now she identifies, God, I'm living for you and your purpose and your plan. I'm here today to tell somebody that you can speak life. In the middle of your chaos, in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your hopelessness, in the middle of the weight of pain, you can speak life. Romans chapter 6 declares this. Verse 2, know ye not, verse 3, sorry, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized unto His death? Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also in the likeness be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin. This is what Adam was declaring. I am not going to serve sin. Before the choice was one rule in the garden and it was easy to avoid, but now, Adam, the choice is every minute of every day. The pain is there to remind you. But Adam declares, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to serve sin. 
I'm not going to succumb. I'm not going to give in. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, or consider yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not therefore sin reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Consider yourself to be dead unto sin. Not going to be a product of what's happened in my life and all the weight and the burden, but I'm going to speak life. How do you speak life? Well, it's got to be more than just words of your mouth. That when you declare you'll be part of God's plan first, it's through the death, it's through the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why when they asked him, what must we do? He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You want to declare life in your life? I'm going to tell you what you've got to do. You've got to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, where you declare, I am not my own, but I take on the name of Jesus Christ. His blood is applied to my life. Old things are passed away, and all things become new through the power of the Holy Ghost. Stand together with me today. So I'm not preaching today that all your problems are going to be over. Because we know that we are still living under the ensuing realities of sin. That is from dust we came and dust we shall return. But we have this hope. As Job said, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I shall. I may, I may die and this world may destroy me, but, but my hope is in Him. And someday I'm going to be resurrected. Paul said... He said, to die is Christ, to be ever-present with the Lord. I wonder if somebody just bow your head with me this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. You know the circumstances and the situations that are here today. God, I speak life today, Lord, in my personal life. I know, God, there are some ensuing realities that we may be living with God, but today we accept that you are sovereign. You are God and we are not. And God, I'm going to serve you no matter what. Pray that somebody today would have a resolution in their heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder if there's somebody that just lift your hand and say, Pastor, I need to speak life today. Come on, no one looking around. Pastor, I need God in my life today. Come on, you just lift your heart towards heaven today. God, I need you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to do it for you, but I can't do it for you.
Thank you. You can put your hands down. Real quick, I'll say this. I want to do it for you, but I can't live for God for you. Only you can live for God for you. So you have to decide. So today we're going to sing a song of worship and we're going to open this altar. And if the Lord is speaking to you in any way, whether you're in person, whether you're online, I challenge you today to respond, speak life. If you've never repented of your sins, today would be a good day to repent of your sins. If you've never been baptized in the only saving name, the name of Jesus Christ, you've got to be fully immersed in Jesus' name. That is the scriptural formula. I would love to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God is here today to give you life. But we've got to stand out and we've got to speak life in our situation. Come on, is there somebody today? Maybe I don't know your situation. I don't know all the details that would just say, Lord, I speak life right now. Maybe you can't come to this altar. Maybe you can. Would you join me at an altar? Maybe you just step forward, maybe to the front of the balcony, wherever you're at, and say, God, I want you to have your way today in my life. In Jesus' name, as they began to worship and sing. Hallelujah, Lord, in Jesus' name, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. God, I speak life today. I speak life today. I speak life today, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Speak life, God, over our marriages and over broken relationships and painful paths. God, I speak life today, God over afflictions. God, I speak life in the name of Jesus. I speak life, God. I speak life. God, we're not just saying this, God, but we want to leave here changed today, God. In the name of the Lord, I want to leave changed today, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah.